And now for something completely different. Four, three, two, one. Hi. Welcome to the future. Remember, no guts, no galaxy. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast 143. We are your hosts, Phil and Darren. How you doing, Mama Bear? I am doing well. Just literally sat down, took my uh, three-hour shower, I'm sure you're going to say, and got my big bowl of coffee and ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mention anything prior to you sitting down about you being... I, I don't know. It's like uh, you have to take a shower. It's like you, you almost feel like you have to cleanse thyself. And someone made a point that the beard has to be clean, and I said, the beard is always beautiful, but it has to wash its Darren every once in a while. <laughs> Something like that. Well, you know, the thing is, people make jokes all the time about, you know, food and stuff being left over in beers. That disgusts me, honestly. And so I do, like, I comb my, what is it? Little girls comb their, their hair 100 times a day or whatever, 100 brush strokes. I do the same thing. You groom your beard. myself a little girl, I don't know. But yeah, I, I comb my beard uh, constantly. I do need to get some beard grooming uh, shit. But anyway, enough about beards. And, of course, just want to give a quick shout-out to everyone in chat. Uh, guys, if you'd like to help support the podcast live, retweets are appreciated. We'll drop a link in chat. And, of course, today is June fifteenth, two 2016. Now, we've got a few topics we want to address tonight, but some of them we're going to Hold actually... On, before we get into topics, we're getting uh, volume difference discrepancies there's there. No, there's no difference. Here, let me move this way. Maybe the, the mic is too strong. There we go. The mic is strong in this one. Uh, Let see, us know if you can hear us equally what we need to do. See, it's funny. We'll see, what's funny is there's no difference between... Always something. Always something. Yeah, now I can't get Twitch chat. <laughs> <laughs> Your Twitch so chat's I, broke. Yeah, now it's broke, so... Anyways, anyway. we'll work. Um, so we're going we're gonna to talk about a few things um, tonight... But then some of them we're going to cover because Town Hall was just announced earlier, right? So, yeah, there's that. And uh, that is at 9 p.m. Eastern this Friday, 6 p.m. PST. That'll be uh, sitting down with uh, Russ again, as normal. Um, How about this, guys? Is this better? <laughs> Should I just do this the rest of the podcast? Is that, is that even? No. You know, and I'll turn mine up. I don't know. No, you sound, you sound good. What I can you hear do? you. I can hear you. But since this is a live podcast and the audience is saying otherwise, we got to figure something out. Uh, I think you're fine. Let's have to see. Hold on one second. Let me uh, check something. It's always there's always something. <laughs> me getting closer to the mic was yeah that quieter. that was actually awesome. quieter even on my end that was quieter. I don't know. So I can I can go into the other room. Maybe that'll something is off with my mic volume. My microphone volume's at seventy, so no, I don't have priority speaking on. It's ducking Bombadil. Um. Yeah. What can I say? What can I do? All right, I'm not going to worry about it right now. Uh, you sound good on my end. If I'm a little bit too loud, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and talk about a few things. Uh, first off, we have this coming next week patch. We have the Phoenix Hawk. I'm super excited for it. Everyone keeps asking me uh, my thoughts on it. I think, uh, one, it'll be bit better than the Vindicator just right off the bat just because it does have ECM variants. Uh, it is going to be similar in the regards to a large amount of the um, hard points are in the arms, but because it has more hard points than the Vindy, plus it has ECM capability, I think it'll just be straight up better than the Vindy in that regards. Um, super excited about the Huntsman uh, announcement that they did. Pre-order is up for that. The reason why I'm excited mainly is just from a lore standpoint. Like You read about the Huntsman uh, in the novels all the time. It's referenced so many times, and it's actually the first like mainstream game uh, mech war title that's actually bringing it to the fold. So again, it's another mech that we haven't seen uh, ever. Um, another thing coming I up... I want to touch on the Phoenix Hawk real quick. Yeah. Uh, it's another one of my favorites, obviously being one of the uh, 
the Macross or, or Robotech mechs. Um, also, there was a question today about the energy, the the arm hard points, um, and it's you know it's a it's a rifle in at least old school TRO. It's a rifle and that can actually be removed from the mech or whatever. This one is kind of a, a mod- modified version. It's not exactly attached to the arm, but it's not a removable rifle, so it's kind of like a attached rifle or whatever. But people were wondering about the hard points when you have some of the concept art showed the energy weapon being attached to the arm sometimes, sometimes it being part of the rifle. The way it works, I figured it out, I went in, if the right arm, which is the main gun arm for most of the variants, has, well, one or two energy hard points, they're both in the rifle. One, it's one hard point in the rifle, two, it's two. And then if there's a third, then it goes on the arm. Left is a little bit different in that if it's uh, just one energy hard point, it's on the arm. If it's two, they're both a rifle. And if it's three, then you have a rifle and a get on the arm. People wanted to know. There's the info. But anyway, it's going to be a cool mech. I'm totally looking forward to it. Um, and I think it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be maneuverable. It's going to have that, uh, that uh, I don't know, I, I kind of think it's going to be a film mech. Don't you? Yes, but... What? But this is one of the problems I've always had with the whole idea of hands in with MWO is like, are we ever going to have them where they actually do actions? And obviously the answer is no, at least right now. And what happens if you have this going on? We want an animation where the mech can go like this. Right? You know? (laughs) Just something simple. I've always felt like... um, Quick Draw is a great example, right? The Quick Draw, because of its, its balled up fist here, the weapons are mounted on the outside... Which basically means it's it's further out away from the body. Same thing with ballistic. And I've always felt, why have a hand there? Have the weapon built into the arm. And some of the mechs have it. Enforcer has it. So I felt like that's always been... I know aesthetically and art, like the Atlas and stuff. Hands, right? Fists. And I, I get it. But then on the flip side, you have mechs that have done it right. Or like the Stormcrow, right? With creepy little claws. But that that fits. That's perfect. That's like... It's like, okay. There's a character. Right? And... To me, I, I get the aesthetic, but I'm sort of torn. It looks sort of gimmicky to me. I know some people will like it, but if it affects the um, performance of it, I'm just like, why even bother? But I, you know, I'm the minority. Whatever, I'm the hater. It is what so it what is. So what you're saying is you're a non-fister. You don't believe in the, the old <laughs> fist. I'm gonna go ahead and move on. I uh, like to the old the... school hand because of the the the. the lore and the stories where the hands are used. So was, in my mind... It was drawn that way by a shitty artist back then, though. It has nothing to do with, well, like... they used them in Robotech. Hey, careful, man. You're stepping on hallowed ground here. <laughs> just saying... All right, let's move on. Let's move just on. Just um, Alright, so we also have uh, the Huntsman coming out. Now, the reason why I'm excited for the Huntsman as another... One, we have the Viper, 45-ton mech coming in. Super excited for that. And then someone was like, do we really need a 50-ton mech? First off, um, it's going to go the same speed as the Nova. It's going to have higher hard points than the Nova. It has Indo and Faro that the Nova doesn't have. And it has fixed jump jets just like the Nova, but it's making up that tonnage gap because of Faro and Indo. I am looking forward to the, uh, the Huntsman. I think it's going to be... But that being said, I may have to redact that statement when the rescale of the Nova comes out in the next patch. I may Do have that. to be like, you were wrong, and you should feel bad for that. So I don't know. Oh, speaking of rescale... Should we mention that? Uh, video and screenshots of every single mech that got touched or will be changed, even if it's a small or big ch- big change, will be coming out with patch notes. There has been a uh, video that I did a compilation, and also um, Alex and all of them over at PGI have already uh, they've been working on, on that. So you guys get to see, but obviously the catapult's been seen by everyone. Um, I can tell you that this patch is going to be a little bit controversial. Let's go touch on this, Darren, because, and I, and I said this in the stream yesterday and the day before, there are going to be a lot of you that get pissed off because your toy got bigger. There's going to be a lot of you that are super excited because your favorite mech just got smaller. So not many people who get excited when their toy gets smaller, smaller right? Yeah. So that's so, a good choice. So, but you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, so where, where are we going to meet in the middle? Now, this is where I'm okay with what they're going to do, because from here on out, a mech will be based on their scale as far as a, this mech. And here's the difference though, is, and we were talking about this, Darren is you have frontal scale. That's the problem with the awesome, right? It's a barn door. So it's got a huge frontal scare. 
scale, but it's not as wide on the, the depth. And so, I don't know. I just feel like there's going to be a lot of pissed off people and there's going to be a lot of excited people. And it's going to be interesting to see what it does for these particular chassis and what it's going to mean for the mechs that got scaled up. Yeah, I mean, my feeling on this is pretty straightforward. And that is, you know, you're saying meet in the middle. I say no. I say just go forward with this. And here's my reasoning why. Because everything's going to be scaled correctly now. So, yes, you're going to have some people that are happy, some people that are angry, some people that are whatever. But all that I care about is that it's correct now. We're starting off where every male is, every male, every mech is scaled correctly. And now we can move forward and be sure that the future mechs are scaled correctly. So, I am totally fine with this happening. I'm totally fine with whatever outcry or outpour of love or whatever comes from the community. We need to get past it because things need to be, uh, you know, done properly the right way and move forward. Yes, more talk about the awesome. <laughs> the awesome. Um, so, yeah. About that. I, I just felt like that needed to be addressed. Uh, we have also got the Frozen City uh, revamp that has happened. I know, oh man, there's been some major concern about this. Now, I had my concerns. I didn't know if it, the Frozen City was going to get like, uh, you know, Forest Colony, you know, redo. I can tell you that the fundamental base of the map is still the same. Um, revamp textures, everything looks nice and shiny like a, or prettier like a Polar Highlands as far as the textures on the ground and all the rocks. Uh, but the, the tunnel's still there. The dropship C3 Pocket's still there. Um, I can't really go into detail what else changes until there's a video or screenshots at release, but I can tell you that um, a large portion of the map that was never playable is probably going to be playable now. I've talked to you about it, I've talked to a few others that have seen it, and I'm optimistic. I think the community is going to like the changes, but I think there's going to be one thing that they're going to point out very quickly, which is there's a southern portion of the map that is wide open, just like the current one, you know, down past the, like, the frozen docks or whatever. Just think of, uh, there's a, another portion, and I think, um, without any context of you guys seen, um, I, you're probably like, well, I don't really understand, but I think if they did something like a, a canyon network, um, um, sort of divot through there to where you could flank out wide or something like that, I think it would make it a playable thing, but, um, I think you guys are gonna like it. I, I, I'm optimistic. I don't know. I guess some of you guys are going to hate it. Some of you guys are going to love it. I will say the day cycle is just like Frozen City and the night cycle is just like Frozen City night. It's clear. You don't need to have your gamma turned up to see. Um, it's just like Polar Highlands where you're able to see um, during the during the night. So there's that as well. So Malgus corrects, uh, Kransky, that is correct. There is one single Frozen City now. It is day-night cycle. Um, yeah, my feeling when I first popped in, first of all, I was very... I was among the concerned. It's a great map. The community loves it. So there's a lot to be concerned about going in there, right? So when I jumped in there, I had all these thoughts in my head. Are we going to go in and see, uh, you know, a drastic redo like Forest Colony or something like that? And I was quite surprised. I was like, wait a second. This just looks like the same map, but better, you know, as far as quality, the, the texture quality and so forth and the lighting and whatever else. I, so at this point, yeah, there's a there's that section down there that, that may not get used. What changes as far as that goes with the, well, the current map? Nothing. The, so I think the biggest question to me is just performance, and that'll be kind of how, whether people like it or not, it's, it's a good performing map as it is now. Um, and so, but it's, it's very, very similar to the original. You know, I, I think what's really going to make it or break it is where the spawn points are. Remember, because like during skirmish, the salts usually spawn on that left side and they move up to Bravo 4 and they usually get screwed. So if you don't. Uh, and so conquest points, where's the domination point? Um, assault, where's the bases now? Because where you come in from the map will determine, you know, the rotation, depending or where you can approach. Um, that's something we don't know yet. So, you know, I'm, I'm really, you know. Well, you put this question here on the uh, on the dock about whether all game mode should be on all maps. Um, of course, there is a, an update to Assault coming up, and that's something that will be d discussed in uh, the Town, the hall, town Friday. hall on Friday as well. But um, do you think, seeing now the new um, Frozen City, do you think every game mode should be represented on there? Do you think every game mode would work well on it? it and keeping in mind, for you out there in the audience, it's pretty much similar to the current Frozen City. 
Well, I mean, I could see it from like the developer standpoint where it's just easier to say, here's a map and then make the game modes work in on, on the map, right? So like here's Canyon Network. Um, here's our three game modes. Place and go forth and move stuff around, whatever you need to do. But I, I'll, I can also say that maybe there's a map that's designed specifically for one type of game mode and that if you force it, you know, the game mode on any others, it may not work. Um, as far as the reason I put this down is, again, I, I have to bring up Skirmish. I, I, I know there's a lot of people that love it, but it literally destroys one of the roles mechs have, which is the, the ability to cap. And that's even another polar topic, Darren, where how many times have I been streaming and either on Assault or Conquest, uh, either I'll win or I'll lose, depending, it doesn't really matter. But the fact of we didn't pay attention to the caps or we, we pressed the fight, but we didn't worry about the caps or spreading out. And we lost. And then you get the salt and chat of, oh, you know, stop capping. That's bullshit, blah, blah, blah. It's a part of the game. And I actually saw a really good example of this on Assault uh, two days ago during streaming uh, for some of you guys that were watching. Um, was it uh, the, the, the asteroid one? Because I was watching no, that match. No, oh. it, it was um, Mining Collective. That's what I meant. You had a bunch but of lights. Lights. It was five yes, lights on the enemy team. Now, this was Group Q, but it was five lights. It was... Uh, two Arctic Cheetahs, two Oxides, and like a Gen or 2C, or an Oxide and two yeah, Gen or 2Cs. nothing you guys could do. Well, and I saw them at the very start, and I said, light moving, said blah, 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 and I knew they were going to hit our base, and as soon as I announced it, you know, we basically trickled in one at a time, and for me, that's how Assault is supposed to be, is that tactical decision of... you know, you break away from the fight, they did a great job of when they hit, they took out the mechs, so... It's just one of those things where, again, Skirmish. uh, I don't know. Maybe I have a vendetta out for Skirmish, but should all maps serve all game modes? And I guess the question is, could you not do that? Like, is there a way to say Alpine, Skirmish, Assault, people really don't like it, or, you know, but Conquest is fantastic. Um so maybe that option for that particular map is only that game mode. Like, Domination on Forest Colony is actually pretty enjoyable. Um, I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts? Do you, do you think... I would, like to, I would like to say that all game modes on all maps are viable, but there's, on some maps, there are clear issues. Now, granted, they kept Alpine, right? Like, Russ asked everyone, do you want to keep it? We're, we're thinking about pulling it from the rotation, and everyone was like, no, leave it in! You know, I don't know. Am I too am I too close to this? My feeling is that every game mode could work on every map that we currently have. Some work better than others currently, but the way the reason I say could is is that uh, I feel like with some tweaks, certain game modes could be made better on certain maps. Um, if somebody were to prove me wrong and say, "See, this game mode simply does not work on this map." I wouldn't have a hard time with that. I don't care. I want the game to be as enjoyable and as fun as possible. And if that means uh, taking out game modes on certain maps or tweaking game modes on certain maps, spawn points, objectives, whatever, I'm all for that. Whatever it takes to just keep moving forward uh, towards a better project or product. Real quick, though, Souls in 12, you son of a gun. Subscribe to us for five months in a row. Shout out to Souls. Thank you, dude. Thank you, MacBro. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way. I, I don't think it's on every single... I mean, hell, look at map rotation. I went two weeks, literally two weeks of, of streaming without seeing Forest Colony. Now, is it because of the map? Or is it because uh, someone RNG. picks... Uh, or is it because of Skirmish? Or is it because of Conquest? Or is it Assault? Is it Domination? Is it because of game modes and affiliation? And that, of course, that's sort of the trade-off of having a voting mechanism, right? Is you may not see a particular map. like, uh, Or is it what makes... Frozen City. What makes uh, you know uh, Grimplexus so good? What makes Canyon Network? Why are those maps chosen? And should those other things be replicated in other maps? And I've sort of said that, like you know, there are certain things that we'd like on other ga- uh, other maps, and why the game modes sort of play out and they work that way. Replicate that in other maps, and obviously we know like you know Terra the- and we know Alpine needs a rework. They've even said it. So do they leave those in? Well, and- I, there, I do have a devil's advocate point of view from that which is Let's that if you if you just use that train of thought solely 
then you're going to end up with a bunch of maps that are the exact same, just with the different graphics or whatever, different skins. So I agree that what you want to do is you always want to be honing your map building skills, being able to come up with new and creative ways to make better maps. But I do feel like map variety is super important, at least to me. I love the fact that there's tiny, small maps and there's huge, gigantic maps and that they can play differently and act differently. Um, I do feel like you can have large, good maps and small, good maps. So I, I think, yes, what you're saying, take the things that work and look at them, yeah. study them, figure out why they work. But also, uh, I feel like we need to strive for as much originality as well and, and you know uniqueness from map to map. Just think of like Living Legends, how, you know multiple maps were really cool but you had that asteroid one that rotated and, and the you know real quick differences huge differences that map was awesome but it was unlike any other map in the yeah. you know in that particular game so well, and, I think and, we can do both. and i get that but i guess what i'm saying is like grim plexus gets picked a lot and the first thing that pops in my mind is it's because it doesn't necessarily funnel you in terra therma does that uh, there is no just one area, Alpine, to where it's it's dominant on certain game modes. Um, you know, whereas like Forest Colony, how much of that map is not necessarily not used, but it's not approachable. Like you have to go through these paths. It's sort of like Terra Therm in that regard. So that that you know back portion of the map is it's almost it's even though it's a gigantic map, the majority of it's not accessible and not playable because of that. And so I feel like it's it's little things like that. But I would agree. Um, so, in conclusion, as far as should all game modes be on all maps, I think, in theory, you would say yes. But in practicality, I would say no right now. I, I think there are some game modes on particular maps that is just, it's completely unbalanced. Um, case in point, Alpine Assault. I have not played Alpine Assault in, in, since the changes went in, as far as they moved around the, the spawn locations. Now, how it used to be is... Just imagine I-9 is the right here in the middle, and you had the team that sp spawned near I-9, right? And they normally got up there first, okay. But then it spawned you on the other side of I-9 if you were the attacking team, if you will. Now, at least you had an approach if you wanted to try to go up I-9 or go to, like, G-9, right? Towards, the, like, that little hill towards uh, the tower and blah, blah, blah. Now, now, it spawned you to the south, Whereas it puts the guys near I-9 Hill still in the dominant position. So now you have a worst approach. To me, it's another thing to where it's like, that's actually worse than it was before. Um, I don't know how much work goes into just changing where the spawn locations happen. Um, but I'd love to see even that changed. Or just take it out of the rotation. Or take Assault Alpine out. Or a Skirmish Assault, uh, you know, a Skirmish Alpine out and just have Conquest. I don't know. But your uh, co-host co just entered the door behind you and then left. Oh, did she? I wasn't paying attention. Oh. Not your wife. Oh, the dog, the four-legged one. Oh yeah, yeah, she checked did. you out. There she gotcha. is. Yeah. Oh, there's Gizmo. Yeah, I no, I I agree. I think there's there's maps that certainly can be looked at and improved. Absolutely. But let's move on to the next topic. All right. So um, this has a potential, or this is a potential game changer. Um. Now, it's been referred to as Energy Draw System. Uh, you can call it Heat Scale 2.0, whatever you want to call it, but it has to do with the fundamental change of what Russ has been saying on Twitter. Now, for those that don't know, um, the last time we sort of talked about it, I think it was last town hall or the town hall before. I think it was two town halls ago. Yeah, it was two ago. Um, they mentioned a possible change to heat scale and uh, homeless bill had posted on Twitter asking Russ like, Hey, have you guys looked at this idea? And it was his sort of idea for a, a, an energy draw heat scale integration. And Russ, uh, you know, basically said it's similar to this. That's really all we know. We don't know the specifics. We don't know the details behind it, but based off what homeless bill, his proposal was, um, and this is why I'm optimistic about the energy draw system is right now. And someone says, well, do we even need it? First off, I would say we need a change to heat scale. I don't care what it is. And well, what are you talking about, Phil? The reason why it's called ghost heat is because there's no, I, 
identification to the player that there's a penalty occurring, except in the mech lab, this little notification, but there's nothing live during gameplay. There's no, it shows you the math on how it works or anything like that. So well, hold on, let's, let's, let's break this down. Cause this, like you said at the beginning of this, this is, well, that's what I'm saying is that that's one of the faults of the current changing. system. No, I know, but I want to break down the current system. Keep in mind, you and I talk about this all the time. We're dealing it with, with it for four years. Some of these people here are vets and the same thing, but there's people here who re- literally have no freaking idea what the current heat system is because of what you're touching on right now. There's a lot of things about it that are kind of hidden. So the current heat system uh, which is called heat scale, affectionately known as ghost heat, whatever. The way it works, and, and Phil, correct me if I'm wrong here, but basically, and I'm going to use just totally random numbers, random weapons and so forth. Nothing is an exact example from the game because I don't have the time to think about whether what I'm saying is correct or not. But let's say basically every mech has a certain uh, heat capacity, right? So, um certain number of heat points that can be allocated until it's uh, overheating or whatever or, or near yeah you've got you've got heat capacity of heat dissipation so let's call let's call the heat capacity right now for our example mech 20 okay so its heat capacity is 20 um, each weapon has a certain amount of heat that it does so for example let's just take our weapon a and say it does five heat okay every time you shoot it five heat so technically that means you can shoot it four times or four of them and you're hitting 20 heat and therefore if you go more you're potentially overheating now obviously if you alpha strike something in other words fire all four at the same time immediately 20 heat or you can be firing chain fire fire one at a time you're doing five 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 you're reaching 20 but the thing with chain fire is by the time you reach 20 because of what you're saying heat dissipation which is not the same as heat capacity it's how fast your heat cools or your mech cools down by the time you shoot that fourth one you might be able to to shoot another one right away because your mech has cooled down in, yeah. in that time frame or whatever. But you also so have the the cool the actual duration of the laser because as the laser burns go, going on, your dissipation is actually still occurring. I mean, there's there's a lot of things so, like that. There's a, there's a lot of things that, which people don't know. Um, and then on top of that, you have certain weapons can only be stacked a certain amount of times. In other words, shot at the same time. So maybe weapon A, you can only shoot two of them yeah. at the same time. Medium lasers, medium lasers, you shoot six, you have no right. penalty. You, you alpha seven, or seven, in a certain good. time frame, like half a second, you get a penalty, a spike right. of heat. So Obviously, you can heat sigs come into play, cool shot... Uh, uh, modules come into play, etc. Now, okay, that's somewhat, that's a basically the, the, the basic breakdown of the current system, all right? How does this new idea potentially change all that? Well, What's it, going to be different, and then how is that going to potentially change game? And of course, we don't know specifics, but even to go further with what you said is there's certain combinations of weapon systems that in, incur a heat penalty as well, and then there's some that don't. So one of the problems has always been like dual gas dual ERPPC direwolf that reigned supreme for a long time occurred no heat penalty but you know you could fire four medium lasers and two ER large and you get this huge spike but yet you know one did massive amounts of alpha you know blah blah so there are certain weapon combinations that were able to basically loophole the system right get around so the people can have that higher alpha everybody and, wants the yes. highest alpha with the, yes. the, the most uh, you know sustainable and so with this potentially new system, and this is where like Homeless Bill's explanation, and again, we don't know details that hopefully either Russ will, hopefully Russ will answer, Friday night. and if not PTS, he announced that it will be up on PTS. So if anything, the question I have is, does it address the loopholes? Now, Homeless Bill's explanation would. Now, I'm assuming if it's based off something similar to that, it would. So for instance, you can't get away of alphine said weapon groups, you know, or weapon combinations and get away without occurring a penalty. So it does that. So, okay, problem solved. So even if you call it energy draw or heat scale 2.0, whatever, does it, does it fix that loophole? And if it does, cool. I mean, because even the, the top players have been saying that needs to be fixed. Um, and then this... So for the average Joe jumping in in uh, a couple weeks into the game, let's say they haven't played for a couple weeks, what is, the, what is it that they're going to notice? What's the biggest standout? in your opinion, that they're going to be like, wait a second, something's changed. What are they probably, going to be noticing? Probably not a whole lot, but on on the flip side, is there any type of UI indication in-game? And I think that's where, Actually, if you if you had an energy bar or something, to where that may be something they have to learn now on top of that. 
by the way, let me redact that. I was uh, acting as if this is this new heat system is coming in the next patch. Well, Obviously, P- PTS. Not. If it goes yeah, up, a PTS. Um, it, it will be. I believe Russ said the they're looking at the August patch for this heat system, but that is not in cement, not guaranteed. But that's I think currently the goal. But anyway. Is it going to, we've talked about this before, is it going to increase the time to kill? Is it going to slow the game down? Are less weapons going to be firing at any given time across the battlefield? Well, I think what you'll see is you'll see just like how you have it right now, whereas you'll have the min-max nature, which is I can fire X amount and I can alpha X amount and get it and not have an incurring penalty. Or I can have, just like currently, a slight penalty and it's, it's not that big of a deal. So from my understanding is... If if you're controlling, if this is to help sort of control the alpha mentality and alpha and sustainable alpha and how much damage is going out there, um, I think this will be beneficial. Now, again, that's to to I guess to each his own. Someone could say, Subjective. "Oh, yeah, you've got people that are claiming, oh, it's uh, it's it's convoluted. It's like one you don't even know what's going on." And if it fixes those two things, like I said, if it fixes the loopholes and it's displayed properly to the player in game. Uh, that solves two of the problems with the current ghost heat, and it's no longer ghost heat. It's just heat scale at that point in time. Um, so I think min max builds would potentially take a hit. But here's the difference: is if it's limiting the alpha potential out there and sustain alpha, is it going to force players to have smaller alphas, which curtails again sort of the goal of it? Or are we as players going to have to adapt and realize that a more uh, DPS oriented, uh, you know, chain fires, uh, small group fire, instead of just brah, brah, every single time. Um, but I also feel like there's some mechs that that have been exacerbated by quirk buffs. The heat gen obviously helps with being able to alpha and stuff like that. So, you know, are any changes to the quirks going to apply if a new heat scale system comes in? You know, it's funny because I think to my fault, I've never been an alpha striker. Like, I think almost somewhat mentally for me, it's role-playing. Like, I'm stubborn about it. I understand. uh, Well, I just have never liked the idea of just alpha, 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 you know? And so my whole gameplay style has developed around that. I do not like to alpha all the time. I like having, you know, two or three weapons group, different weapons, and use them in the right circumstance. And... You know, obviously, I'm not a top player in this game, um, and and I'm sure it's way more to do with other things than that. But uh, you know, I've probably uh, but lessened my ability to do damage because of that. Let me let me jump in here. So I'm I'm okay with less alphas because you actually you actually brought up a, a unique look at it, and it has nothing to do with skill level. But let's just say you take the Centurion 9A, and the Centurion 9A has a ballistic and missile and energy. And we all know if you try to utilize all three of them, you're more at a disadvantage to something that just has one or two weapon groups or weapon systems, and that's it. That's why yeah. the Centurion 9A, you Unless know, you're Proton, of course. But yeah, it used to be just you know SRMs and medium lasers, medium pulse lasers, and it was just better that way. Uh, now there were some other factors to it, but now if you look at it, is if this system goes in, it gives that freedom to be able to do that. A little bit easier uh, to be able to take three different because you're not necessarily worried about competing with potentially 40 50 60 plus alphas out there and now granted that may not go away the difference being is like even the dire star beef rolled around beef is probably gonna have to hit me with one shot and that's all it gets right so if compared to maybe two or three sometime that's all currently that's all he needs um i don't know there's a lot of unknowns I think that PTS and and seeing the system out there, what does this mean? Because we just don't know. I mean, we can sit here and people can scrutinize. People can say, oh, it's going to be great. But until it actually hits PTS. And here's another thing with PTS. Show up, download the damn client, hop on. Now, that being said, PGI doesn't need to do it on a, uh, on a uh, what was it? It was a, uh, not tournament weekend. It was a... Uh, weekend event and so no one like showed up to the last one and so there was some learning some learning hopefully we'll plan accordingly this time yeah yeah but i mean um i'm excited i think there's a huge possibility of of you know fixing some of the problems um 
I guess, uh, I, I don't know. Some, sometimes the, the, like I said, there, there's a lot of negativity out there already, uh, even though, um, they don't really know all the implications. So maybe just don't jump to conclusions and be patient. I don't know. That's crazy. I know Bill can't change the internet. Patience peoples. Okay. So yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. We got a lot of big things coming around the corner. Um, Actually, I'm just going to look at my notes real quick here uh, from the meeting with Russ earlier. This Friday night on the town hall, that's starting at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and 1 a.m. UTC. We'll be doing another town hall with Russ. And this time we will be talking about, this is kind of cool. Actually, this is very cool. I'm excited about um, the rest of the year, basically. Because what he's going to be talking about, the primary topic for discussion is June, July, and August. In other words, the summer months, what the patches are going to entail, which is a ton of polish and fixes. Uh, just line after line after line of that stuff all, all through August. Uh, plus new features like the command wheel is coming in, the assault game mode update that will be changed. Obviously the mech rescaling and what we were just talking about, the new heat system. But... We will also be going on in, uh, and discussing a little bit about what we're going to be doing for the rest of the year. We have no idea. You and I have no idea right now what post-summer production is going to be focusing on. Um, what I think you and I both hope, and we've always wanted this over, I think, like big new features other than the pillars that we knew had to be in, more polish, more bug fixes, more quality of life features that we've all been waiting for, wanting for a long time. This may be the time to do it. So, yeah, uh, decals, that's definitely a summer thing, uh, CK. Decals are coming. Uh, I was told summer, so that's going to well, be Well, I think he posted... July he, yeah, he, 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 post, post, yeah post he posted on the Twitter and said basically summer, but no yeah. details on that, so... So, basically, it's going to be August or before. But anyway, I'm super excited about... No, single-player campaign, you're looking next year at least, at the very earliest... Um, that's not in development yet. But what I'm excited about, and I think a lot of the vets, people have been around here for two, three, four years, is just some of those fixes that we've all wanted. You know, the chat window, uh, search modes for modules or, or cockpit items or whatever. Again, what we call quality of life features. That's what I want. Um, so I think it's going to be a really good town hall. Exciting. A lot of new stuff to uh, discuss finally, which is what we are waiting for for the next town hall. So I think it's going to be a good summer. And, of course, we've been busy as shit, man, with this tournament. Yeah, just a bit. Oh, my God. Yeah. So yeah. as far as, um, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and open this up to uh, community questions right now. So what we'll do is hey, from chat. from live to you guys, you guys, let's talk about things that you want to for a bit. Um, but as far as... You know, I remember the Faction Warfare or Polish. I remember that got brought up. And I was of the opinion of, let's see Polish first. But, uh, you know, I was probably a minority. Um, and so, for me, I'm really uh, interested to see, you know, what are the thoughts on, you know, upgrading the engine? You know, what would that entail up until then? Is that me? You know, all these type of factors. What about a new UI system? You know, um, how about, uh, you know, this or that? I mean, there's little things like... Uh, uh, art and uh, you know, <laughs> they're busy. What? Yes, busy. Wing's been busy too. A lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of people in the community that have stepped up and are helping out behind the scenes. It's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, art. Speaking of art, we saw Jason. I can't remember his last name or yes. how to pronounce it, but he was doing the uh, the Cyclops. Cyclops yes cockpit which actually a lot of people were comparing it to like a tie fighter or the millennium falcon it looks uh, pretty cool i loved it man that was an awesome cockpit and uh just kind of along the line hey hefe uh, along the lines of that i've been loving all of the dev streams um from the art department i think it's such a cool thing and i've been getting a lot of feedback and comments from people nobody else does this none of the other devs really do this on a regular basis like we do which is almost weekly where you have either a you know cockpit modeler, three D artist, texture artist, or whatever, showing you behind the scenes, and and you know the office has been watching closely to see if we're giving away too much in terms <laughs> of trade secrets or whatever. I doubt it. The the, the 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 wizard behind the whatever you know the Wizard of Oz thing, but behind the curtain. Anyway, I think it's awesome. I think it's great because 
it totally opens our eyes to the process, the the pipeline, how long it takes to actually just rescale a mech, model a cockpit, whatever. Yeah. Uh, plus, it also adds a human element to these people that are doing this and, you know, learn how long it takes them to learn their trade and the tricks of the trade and all and so forth. So I've been loving it. A lot of fun. Yeah. And, and obviously just like watching and he's answering questions. Same thing with like Lauren, um, you know, breaking down. You can see the tools they're using. You can see how much work and effort goes into like creating a cockpit. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we've been wanting it for years. I'm glad it started happening. And I think a lot of people appreciate that. Um, and also too, I mean, with that is you can see how much work just goes into one, like one Mac, let alone, you know, it's not like you can have a stream of like, Hey, you, you can watch, you know, someone code and, 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 you know, you it's, yeah, obviously that's, uh, not as hey, intriguing. I might, I might watch that. Um, on who the coder to is, fall asleep, maybe. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, Wingbreaker, I have a question for you. Why is the Warhammer the best Marauder? That's my question. Is that right? Is that, is that how that went? Um, Don the Mage asks, why can't pre-order bonuses be delivered at purchase for the new mech packages? I don't know. I don't know. I, that's I don't know. maybe because the content's not in just yet. My guess would be that it's not created yet. Like uh, if you're getting Warhorns, because I mean, I guess premium and premium time and like MC or whatever could go in, but the, the content may not be uh, made when it goes up for pre-order. I would assume not, but I don't like to assume. <laughs> CK wants to know if there's any chance Alice can draw the Mark II and just keep it in the vaults for a while. You know, that's a very lonely vault. There's there's one mech in there as far as uh, it's solitary confinement, the flea. You know, sitting in there all by himself. You know, talking about herself. I don't know. Talking about polish, the one thing is to like go down the list of like little things that could be really helpful to the community. Um, Chat system, dude. We oh my god, fucking chat system. There's polish right there. It needs to freaking happen. Like yes, please. Uh, What about? um, Oh, I don't know the the tech tree that it's. We have no skill tree. What about that? That would be fantastic. What about an updated UI to where, you know, but granted, we're talking about stuff that would require them, you know, dedicating a, a lot of resources. But to me, it's like longevity, right? Keeping your player base engaged, right? And short-term stuff. Like mechs to me are like short-term, you know, you get it and you move on. But the long-term things there are uh, ease of functionality, stuff that doesn't drive you nuts, mech save times, um, first world uh, problems map hitboxes that's absolutely on the list that's if you know if I would love to see that fixed as, as well and if, if Russ is putting it up to the community then it's, it'll be up to us to prioritize it that way but yeah it, uh, invisible walls are frustrating to everybody Destry asks do you feel quirks will still be necessary in a game if PGI does implement an energy draw system um I think there's fundamentally a flaw with the current quirks and it's the idea that what makes a mech unique compared to another variant and or chassis that's very similar to itself. And right now it's very linear as far as it affects weapons and survivability and mobility. Um, And I feel like that's added to some of the power creep and the power creeps also came in the form of mechs coming out that are better, i.e. Kodiak compared to the Atlas or Direwolf or stuff like that. Um, so as far as them being removed, I don't know if completely, um, but I think the real question is, is how do you make mechs unique and not just through weapon attributes, protection attributes, and mobility attributes? And a lot of people just get hit in the deer in the headlight looks. I'm talking think outside the box. What what could be done for role warfare? Now, some might say, dude, Phil, it doesn't matter what you do with roles. Killing the enemy mechs is all that matters. I would agree. But you can de-escalate that quite a bit, and I don't know. Um, as far as will they go away, I don't know. Um, that's something uh, that I guess Russ would have to answer. True North 88, that's absolutely a contender for the list, the ability to save mech loadouts. So you could quickly switch between a, you know, a brawler or a range build on the same mech. I think all of this is, you know, this is actually, this excites me more than new features like for example Solaris or whatever I love the idea of just taking the rest of this year to polish the shit out of the game that we have to bring all that stuff that we've been dying for 
Um, you know, decals are included, but more I'm talking about uh, updating the chat system, updating, uh, you know, the skill tree, updating. Uh, I, you know, from day one, I want something where I can search my modules and search, uh, you know, just better search systems within the, the uh, cockpit items, all that stuff within the UI. Um, Should you be able to choose your mech or loadout before the map? Yeah, people have talked about that. Like last night, uh, Junkers was saying he wants something like similar to World of Tanks where you drop into a match and you can actually, I think it selects for you your predetermined desert, snow, or, you know, green fields, camo or whatever. But what Camos people, don't matter in MWO. Yeah, people, what you don't understand is that even if you have a white mech on, a, on the snow map, you just turn. You look black still. That, so that's something I'd like to see fixed. Uh, that I, could be something. And, and I think that has to do. And correct me, Lauren, or any PGI staff. I think that has to do with the rendering um, and the engine itself. Uh, because you know what's funny is on Caustic Valley, lighting is fantastic. Um, as far as if you actually look at, and someone made a post over Reddit. It was it's funny that we bring this up. It was like a week, week and a half, two weeks ago, and it was showing like on. Polar Highlands, a, a mech with a white camo, two hundred yards away, two hundred meters away, and it looked all black, you know. And um, I think it's rendering and world lighting, and it's it is inconsistent. But I don't know the exact technical, so that would be cool, you know. Yeah, we need to find out from a, from one of the artists or something like that. Uh, Veltarnex, he's speaking of junkers. Uh, he says, given the limited PGI staffing and resources, why not involve the community with say a three month competition where the community gets to put together map ideas and concepts per even perhaps even roughs for future, now i got to scroll, uh, map implementation. Our community does have a large number of talented members from a wider modding community. And yes, we know this. Phil and I know this for a fact because we are both involved on the uh, MechWarrior Living Legends team as well, which was an entire community made up of people volunteering their time, uh, including map makers and all that stuff. Um, I don't think, this has been brought up before, like community-built maps. That was, that's been brought up, and then even community-inspired maps. Um, I wouldn't say that's not possible, and it may even be possible with Russ's current thinking, which is basically pinging the community for ideas. I don't know. That would have to be brought up at the town hall. Well, c- uh, can I toss this out here? Yes. I I think the sort of that the idea that just drawing a map is sort of flawed. The idea that if you're looking at a designer to do a map, it's it's also what they're looking for is someone who uh, an actual level designer. Someone who can hop in CryEngine, and Russ even said it last time. Actually, he said it the past like two or three town halls. You got skills. You well, know, actually, you, you need to. They you know, were looking for they were hiring, right? Right, but, but the, yeah, they've hired. Be... But my point being is, it still sort of stands. Of uh, there's a difference between drawing 2D artwork, yes, and saying you know like themes, themes, dude. Alex Iglesias can draw themes all day long. Like I'm sorry, but I highly doubt you know you can top him as far as that. Maybe I'm wrong. There's there's probably professional artists out there. I get it. Um, I don't think it's a crazy idea, but I think at heart because there's no like mod tools. There's no like except you can go and CryEngine, but you know there's no like package from uh, from PGI. It's not like um, Team Fortress Two or you know you know where you're making items and the assets are released or whatever. But I think it's like it's one of those like it sounds cool, but in actual reality. They Just have the logistics are difficult. Well, they have artists. It's not as easy as conceived. Me and you have but seen. Also, me and you have seen Dennis, um, the art director's his own, and they they're fantastic. So, I, I don't know if they need someone or a group of people. Here's the only I don't thing think it's I can needed. say on that. You can have the smartest, most skilled people in the world, and then all of a sudden you just have some. And I'm not calling anybody a dingbat in chat or anything like that, or in the community. But you can have some total novice just walk up and say hey, why don't you do this? And nobody thought of that for whatever reason. Now, of course, that could also not happen. But what you're saying is basically they have super skilled people who are doing map concepts all the time. And so somebody that sends in a drawing on a, on a, you know, a restaurant napkin or whatever. Like themes, themes to me aren't a problem. It, yeah. it comes down to is how the you game know, modes... all kinds of things well, that aren't even in the game yet. It goes back to exactly what we were talking about, which is how do game modes... How do the current game modes play? Like, you can propose a really cool map design... But Assault and Skirmish still may not play the best on it. I think, if anything, um, you know, the community could propose, like, hey, here's how you could make Alpine Assault actually work and keep the map or something like that. But that's also entailing of, uh, you know, does that line up with uh, PGI and how they want to do things? 
Well, two things. First of all, I think it'd be cool to come up with a map concept concept uh, contest. So, you know, uh, an asteroid or a, a you know whatever big city, the kind of city everybody's been wanting, some kind of concept, and then let PGI take the ball and roll with it and do map design and all that kind of stuff. So I think that is more possible, a concept idea. Um, rather than trying to get some kind of uh, properly designed map in the proper software or whatever to PGI and work with it that way. But on the positive side, Russ did mention recently that the map or the, the level design team is bigger than it's ever been before. So right now there's a lot of people working on level design and whatever number that is, I don't know what it is. Ooh, here's um, a good one. Hmm. Robo... Answer asks, any thoughts on overhauling the spectating system to make watching the tourney more viewer-friendly? I have very, very uh, critical, I guess, opinions when it comes to like art and like uh, spectator use. Um, and there's a few limitations that I think we have to be as like players and viewers of this aware of. Is it's not like Dota or League or any of those where it's a fixed height of the camera, and even if it goes over like an object that's tall, it you know keeps that sort of level you know viewing plane. Um, two, to make MW look good in a uh, very high fidelity, you need to be pushing, you know, let's just say at 720, you need to be pushing 5,000 bit rate to make it look like crystal clear. Anyways, as far as the spectator tool, um, one thing that I'd love to see is the ability to lock onto a mech using the, the actual the camera. You can lock onto a mech. And then there's predetermined like AWSD to where you hit S and it goes to almost the third person perspective so you can see that player's perspective and then A maybe a 90 degree one that's going to help out um, content creators but also during the spectate tool to be able to get that so you're not necessarily inside the cockpit and you're over the mech so you get a little bit more visual I think that'd be fantastic as far as whether it'll happen I don't know uh, and again that's where is there any more changes or updates that are going to happen to the spectate tool up until the finals i don't know it's kind of in discussion i mean we we're, we're bringing things up that we would love to see happen but whether they happen or not it depend on case in point bandit brought up the uav sticking actually bandit and we all sat down and we came up with a list of, of actual like bugs and like the uav sticking up on the radar that was fixed uh little things that you know can be knocked out bugs with, are easier know. to fix than new features yeah. being added uh, Mayor West says, can you guys ask the artists, is this engine actually hard to work with for them? Game modders love to work on it. The answer to that is, uh, I don't know. But what I do know is that the engine is basically completely rewritten. It is no longer the engine they were given. Um, this was written basically from the ground up for MechWarrior Online. So it's not just like anybody with uh, the ability to work on the engine can just plop something into MWO. Um well, now, it's, it's creating... keep in mind, I'm a total novice. I have no idea what I'm talking about. But I do know that this was completely modified for MWO over the years. It is not what they were given. Well, so I don't know. Case about... in point, like when you're watching Jason or Lauren do texturing and or modeling the cockpits, you'll notice that they have a pipeline. Like they have steps A, B, C, D, E, and they're doing these things. They had to set that up. Um, they had to develop those. Uh, for those mechs, for those systems, um, and uh, you know something they learn and, and stuff like that. So, um, let's see, uh, would it be Razor BSS? Would it be possible to remodel the mechs so their feet follow the train like the hell they did in MechWarrior Three? Uh, basically, what you're talking about is IK inverse schematics. Uh, they used to have it in. I know this. They used to have it in back in beta, but it's a resource hog, and they took it out. And until that can be like not as intense because remember too, I know people are like, people need to get rid of their potato computers, but not everybody has the means and ability to do so. But until that system spec goes higher, um, they have to make sure that, you know, which there has been discussion. There has been discussion raising the system spec. So that's a possibility. Yeah. So I heard Russ talking about it like a couple town hall last winter. Inverse comedics, that picture actually, I used the hunchback down there. Yeah, that's an actual old screenshot of the game, by the way. I love the aesthetic uh, of that. Um, but you'll notice the foot's up on the, the rock, and that's actually how it used to be um, back in the day. So, um, let's see. Is there any way to hurry up between the tournaments? Hurry Are you talking up? about the time between the, time? the matches? 
If you're talking about the, the, the downtime between matches, yeah, we're doing everything. We you you got to understand what's going on behind the scenes with that. You have, you know, all these people refing. Uh, the people that are streaming have to step in and take matches away from people that were already set up to ref because the one that they were scheduled to stream dropped out or there was a disqualification or somebody didn't show up or whatever. There is a huge team of probably on any given tournament day, 20 people or more. At more probably 20 to 30 people behind the scenes trying to organize all the matches all the players what's being uh, streamed what's not being streamed which ones are going to be the most entertaining streams the closest matches for the best fun and trying to line them up one after another it is an extremely uh difficult logistical nightmare but i do feel like bandit and mdm and uh everybody else are getting better at it and it yeah. will get better as we get in uh the the more serious teams are going to be sticking around whereas the ones that weren't quite ready for this are going to be uh slowly disappearing or whatever but yeah absolutely nobody enjoys the downtime we're working on that I guess... whether it's just some form of entertainment discussion or just lining up the matches right after each other it will get better i guess what i look at um as as sort of on the outside looking in in this whole thing is what are we learning um, what is PGI learning? Um, you know, and, you know, I know some of those, again, cynicism, critic, you know, like, you know, we told you to do it this way, or, you know, we said, you know, why aren't you doing it this way? And at the end of the day, what, are the, what can, what can be done to improve the processes and toward the overall sort of thing? So for me, that means not 2016. What does that mean for, because, you know, he did mention doing this, as a yearly thing. So what does that mean for 2017? And uh, I know some people are like, well, that doesn't, that that's over a year potentially away. I don't know that, I guess that's just sort of how things work. I mean, that's how me and you operate, Darren, like, Hey, we want to, we want to do a podcast and we, we go through this process. Oh, Hey, we want to improve this. Oh, Hey, I don't like this overlay. So let me, you know, go back or, Oh, I don't like this transition or it's this, you do it, you learn and you improve right is that yeah i mean basically well you know different people have different perspectives on this year's tournament you know there's some frustrated teams some frustrated players i understand that but for somebody who every single week now since the tournament has started i've talked with you know dozens of teams sat in on their matches sat on team speak with the other refs with the with each the team captains with the team players sit in the the match chat with the team players uh, talk to people before before afterwards everything we're having a hell of a fun time so despite the issues that there certainly are in this tournament there's a lot of people that are having a really good time myself included I you know it's killing my work schedule it basically doubled the amount of stuff I have to do with these matches every week. Um, but I'm having a lot of fun other than being tired or whatever, not knowing what day of the week it is. But it is great. Amazing, uh, you know, um, what's sportsmanship. People are being great with each other, you know, totally working with each other as far as schedules, being polite within the matches. And just a lot of people from total beginners to vets having fun. Are there people that are having issues? Absolutely, there are. I understand it. I get it. But yeah, I think next year is going to be a lot better, both from PGI's perspective and how we run the tournament, as well as from the players and how they do it. And yes, indeed, Subhype Pektar, 19 months in a row, you son of a gun. Thank you for your support, Pektar. Thank you, Pektar. Thank you so Look at much. That gizmos everywhere for Pektar. Um, Thanks, Peck. Yeah, no, uh, and you know the one thing that's always surprised me, uh, maybe not. It, it does surprise me just playing other games and other ti- titles of um, how the community, how the comp scene, how everybody has just been, you know, fantastic. You know, hey, good games, well played. We haven't seen any, you know, piss poor behavior. Uh, at least I haven't. Um, I'm sure it's existed, but yeah, it's, you know, it's minimal. You know, uh, Mayor West, if this championship could be won by a team of casuals, then something would be wrong. <laughs> just saying. Uh, I know what you're saying, but yeah, I'm just saying also. Yeah. But, you know, let, let's, like, even if you used a different bracket style or whatever, one of the key, you know, things is we don't have a ranking system. You know, we, we don't have a teams A through, you know, 1 through 20, uh, and even, you know, like, that's something potentially in the future, uh, you know, what about a ranked, um, uh, you know, leaderboards or, you know, a system like that? Um, I don't know. There, there's a lot of questions. 
far as yeah, there's, the there's potential this pairing option. There's there's other options, and maybe something different will be uh, chosen next year. But anyway, this is what it is this year. We got a lot of work ahead of us, but uh, we're well underway, and it's been a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to it. And of course, you and I are going to be in uh, Vancouver in December for the finals. We will be there. Oh yes, which is going to be fun too. Right. Um, quick shout out to everyone in chat, guys. You guys are awesome. We're over a hundred people. Thank you guys so much. Just want to say uh, again. Um, thank you for coming out here and supporting. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the discussion. As we wrap up here, uh, a quick shout out to all of you guys in the chat. Thank you guys so much for the support. Um, and of course, all of our new listeners and old. I mean, it's one of those things like you literally are the reason we do this. And, and it's just been every single, every single day. It amazes me how supportive like which is the MWO community, the Battletech community, we have the and, best community in the world. And then when we especially, game. especially when you, you you go to other games or you talk to other people from other games and you know they come and they play MWO and they're like, "Oh my god, I man. love that, dude." Like I love when they discover our community after coming from like uh, and I'm I'm not knocking other games, it's just because I for whatever reason, there's multiple reasons that I think it's for, but they come from World of Tanks, War Thunder, whatever, and they go, "Oh my god, your community is so nice." They don't abuse, you know, te- voiceover voice as much as other games, whatever. Uh they're helpful. I love our community. Every community has its trolls, but fucking MWO community is the best or the Mech Warrior community, BattleTech community. I love you guys. Um something we do need to bring up for sure. You're you're wearing an Atlas shirt there. Oh. I'm wearing I'm wearing uh, Alpha Lance. Right are, we, are we doing this right now? Is this is this yeah, what's happening? We yeah. got you. It, yeah, are we? Here, I'll are drop we... the link. You want to talk about it? Um, sure. So um, we moved away from me having to package all the T-shirts and us having to do pre-orders. And what that means is we upgraded to having Amazon. Um, this is actually the test shirt uh, that we printed. And as you can see, this is only half the Atlas. And it's the size of my torso. Some are like, well, you're like tiny, ho- is, is you're yeah, a tiny hobbit, nice. Phil. Um, and uh, anyways, that's up on Amazon. So these, how it works is you guys go there, you order them. I think the only drawback we're seeing right now, and we don't understand why that is, is if you live outside the U.S., it's not letting you order because shipping, which doesn't make any sense because you pay for the shipping. Amazon, why? So we're... We're, we're working on that. Translation issues at the border. I don't know what it is. We don't know why, but as you can see, it is it is gigantic. I'm not talking about other things. You can see here. It's, the Atlas is not wearing pants. Oh, my God. It's That is that is a thing. So you guys can uh, order yours, and we've got the Alpha Lance. We've got the uh, Timberwolf. Also, my Hunchback version of this is uh, on its way. Um, and uh, I will be rocking that out as soon as possible. Yeah, basically, we have 11 shirts up right now. We have the um, the Timberwolf Crusader Warden Pixel, Crusader Warden uh, that the all system is nominal, the Alpha Lance, all four of the Unseen, their individual hex shirts. We got a lot of shirts up there, you need to check it out. And they're the cheapest they've ever been, yep. literally cheapest they've ever been you can choose from men men women children sizes you can yep. choose different colors five different colors for each shirt uh more options than ever before as long as you live in the united states so sorry it's, it's funny I hate that i hate that it can't go to europe and around the world i'm so sorry as soon as they add that feature it will be added to our store you know what's funny is uh <laughs> ck was like no phil is victor davian sized <laughs> You know, it's like a jockey. Uh, They're small. I think mech warriors can be small. It's more comfortable in the cockpit. I don't know. Where's the Cicada Master Race t-shirt? It's coming. It'll eventually have to happen. I think we're going to do the Hunch Bro shirt first. And, you know. Um, but, yeah, no. Um, so the good news is, because of that change, I was able to actually get my office sort of back. And I've actually got room to walk around and maneuver. So that's been actually really cool. And uh, But there's also trade-offs, like no hoodies, no coffee mugs or anything. Um, we no we actually we we kept all the coffee mugs, so you know we we still have the leftover majority We're of them. Give them away, I think. Yeah, and so we'll, we'll we'll keep them, but we do have like the the youth and the women sizes, so um, you know all that fun stuff. But uh, as we wrap up here Still again, 
Um, I've been doing a lot of streaming on my channel, guys, so make sure to head over there as well, twitch.tv forward slash Sean Lang, and uh, I'll go ahead and drop that link in there. A lot of people were asking about why am I streaming over there. Guys, I've actually had my channel for, I think it was almost two years, and I've ignored it very, very much, and NGNG TV and our YouTube and everything's in a good place, and I told Mama Bear, I was like, hey, you know, I want to get partnered, so that's some of my goals over there, and, um... Yeah, I just want to say thank you guys for supporting that so much. Uh, it's been. You're gonna be streaming after this. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's been going pretty well. So just want to say uh, thank you again for those that may not know. I'll drop that link, and um, you can head over there as well. But uh, yeah, just want to say uh, thank you guys. Thank you to our patrons out there, all of you supporters. Thank you to our Twitch Twitch subs and Twitch followers. Thank you guys so much for making this all possible. And uh, let's go ahead and wrap up this podcast. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy Mechware podcast signing off for tonight. This is Phil. And this is Darren. Until next time, Mech Warriors. Almost. Almost.